Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, breaking down the biggest headlines in reality TV and pop culture. My favorite day of the week, Thursday, is here. If you're listening on a Friday, you're a day late. What are you doing? Get with the times. Today, one week from today, I'm turning 30, you guys. 30, the big 3-0. And a very special guest is joining the podcast next week for the birthday episode. It's going to be so good. I can't wait. Let me just tell you that I know that 30 sometimes can be a little daunting of a birthday for some people. Um, You know, it's a big year. When I tell you that I could care less that I'm turning 30, like my friends are forcing me to make plans. I don't want to do anything. I'm really not dreading my 30s. I'm not really sad to be leaving my 20s behind. I'm like totally indifferent. And I feel like that really does mean that I am an adult, A, and I'm totally jaded by the world because I used to be like the party princess, okay? Let me just tell you, I was a church rat growing up, you know, pastor's kid. In fifth grade, I invited like everybody to my birthday party, like the whole entire fifth grade. And we would we would have it at the church and, and people would not leave. My birthday party was the event of the year. I made more money at my birthday party when I was in fifth grade from people getting me presents than I do like in two weeks time at my full time job. And now all I want is like a good crock pot lasagna soup, some fuzzy socks, and I'm good to go. And honestly, having a birthday in Northeast Ohio on February 9th is like not ideal, but it is what it is. If you want to guess who's going to be on the podcast next week, feel free to do so. I'm going to drop some hints on the Bachelor Brain Dump on Friday on the Patreon. Speaking of the Patreon, I want to say thank you so much to the new members that joined this week, Michelle, Veronica, Dana. On Extra Pop, we talked about um, Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde being spotted together this weekend. You know, Good Morning America, TJ and Amy are donezo. And then we did a little mini deep dive on Shakira and Gerard PK and how she caught him cheating and just the chaotic mess that that is. So if you want to get caught up, the extra pop on Patreon, you can click the link in the podcast description below. But let's get into what you're here for, the pop three this week. As I sat down to record the podcast, I saw that it's official. Tom Girardi has been indicted in Chicago and in L.A., um, obviously none of those notes are in my script for today because it happened five minutes ago, but you know, I'm always down to do some digging. So maybe next week, let's start with after the altar Netflix's hit show love is blind. So people, I think sometimes get confused what the reunion of after the altar is and what, um, Oh no, excuse me. What the reunion of love is blind is and what after the altar is after the altar trailer dropped this week and people are like, what is this? So you have the reunion of love is blind and then they wait a couple months and they catch up with all the couples, all the people that split up and you know, the rest is history. So we got the trailer. Everyone is back. And in my opinion, like kind of a nothing burger of a trailer, except for the tea with SK 
and Raven. Obviously, we know their relationship kind of blew up. At the reunion, they announced that they were back together. Then there was a whole SK cheating scandal. I'm sure there's a deep dive somewhere in the MPT feed if you want to go back and listen to it. Um, but what we're finding out from the trailer is that SK actually reproposed to Raven and it was caught on camera. So did she say yes to that proposal and then find out about the cheating scandal? Um, one thing that I found very interesting about the way it played out in the trailer is that um, when Raven was talking about the cheating scandal, she was on her couch and it didn't appear to be like uh, full-blown cameras are rolling, right? When you see Alexa and Brennan, you can tell that they're like sitting down in front of a camera. Um, when you see these, you know, confrontations between Cole and Zineb at the party, like, you know, cameras are rolling. What this scene from Raven to me looked like was a catch up, right? They've already wrapped it, whatever. And then a month later, this cheating scandal happens. A producer calls Raven up and is like, Raven, you have to address this. You know, put your phone sideways tell us how you feel, send it to us on the Dropbox. That's what it's giving. But I'm glad they're going to address it because that was a major issue with the last After the Altar, specifically with um, Nick and Danielle and Iana and Jarrett. You know, After the Altar came out, they were all still together. But in real life, we had already known that they had both filed for divorce. So I'm hoping that the timeline of that all is a little bit better. Other than that, uh, Bartice and Nancy's relationship is up in the air. They still communicate, but Nancy's family is not Bartice fans. Um, obviously, we know that Nancy and Bartice are not together because he is on a new Netflix reality show, Perfect Match, that's going to come out on Valentine's Day where he's trying to find love. So are they friends? Don't know. Colleen and Matt. At that point, we're still not living together. We see him talking to Brennan about that. Cole and Zineb, it seems like at the party is the first time they see each other and it's very awkward. You know, Cole's like, you want to talk? I'm really hoping for like a happy and healthy outcome for everybody. I feel like whew, they went through the ringer and they even put a little cutie in the trailer. I couldn't believe. I was like, y'all, the, the shade that is coming. And it was like five seconds. If you blinked, you missed it. He just tossed it up in the air. It's coming February 10th and it is three episodes. So let's hope it's not a complete and utter waste of our time. Let's move on to headline number two. What is happening with the Real Housewives of New York legacy? I feel like every time I open page six this week, a different conflicting headline is going on about legacy. So in case you missed it, New York City has gotten the complete reboot. The last season feels like ages ago because it was and it was absolutely atrocious. So they're like, we're scrapping the whole entire thing. Um, so they have a completely new cast for the Real Housewives of New York. But then they also announced they're doing the spinoff legacy with all of our favorites, you know, Luann, Sonia, Dorinda, the, you know, legacy. So the first report came out saying, Legacy's dead in the water. It's over before it even happened. Then Andy gets on Twitter and he's like, don't believe everything you read. And he even hashtags Roni legacy, you know, kind of insinuating that that's not what happened. So then now you get these headlines on page six and you get a picture of a disheveled Luann de la Seps on the phone at a, at a bar just looking all kinds of upset. And then, you know, page six today saying everyone is mad at each other, um, that it really isn't happening. And 
and I think the conclusion that everybody came to is that when Andy says, don't believe everything you read, that it's definitely not happening right now. You know, like contracts have not been signed. They have not touched a camera. They have not got a a debrief on what the season was going to be. None of that. No media training, like none of that. I think Andy is probably in his mind thinking it's on pause. We got some things to work out, but it's going to happen eventually. Um, The potential cast of Legacy, um, I guess the issue was they weren't on the same page about how much they should be paid. So here, the rumored cast was Luann, Sonia, Jill Zarin, Kelly Ben Simone, and Dorinda Medley. So according to page six, the talks came to a standstill with talent asking for more money per episode and more guaranteed episodes per season. And that sources say, say for example, Kelly Ben Simone was ready to sign, but source close to her complained to page six that uh, Jill Zarin was pushing for a bigger payday. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, allegedly, Dorinda Medley was also ready to accept the terms and get the cameras rolling. And Sonia Morgan, they say, was barely paying attention to the whole affair, <laughs> which like par for the course. That's why I love Sonia. I am more interested in Luann and Sonia's spinoff than I really was for legacy, look, anytime you attach a word like legacy to a show, these housewives are going to think you owe them the sun, the stars, the moon, all the constellations in the planet, in the universe, in the black hole that is our solar system. Like they're going to want it all. Legacy? What do you expect? So the fact that it's Jill that potentially is holding out is kind of like Jill get real, but at least we have something to tide us over with the spinoff of Luann and Sonia, which if you haven't heard, uh, think the simple life, you know, Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie, but with Sonia and Luann. And that's what it is. Our third and final headline for this week's pop three, Savannah Chrisley is giving an update on her parents in prison. As you all know, by now, Todd and Julie started their prison sentences after being found guilty of conspiracy to commit bank fraud and wire fraud. So, Savannah's keeping on with her podcast. She's doing the dang thing. She is updating everybody. And she says that her parents are okay. She said when it comes to Todd, he's doing pretty good and even has a job working at the facility's chapel. Um, she says, we talk to him, we email him, we get to see him. So for that, I'm forever grateful because there's so many people that don't get to see their loved ones and that are in different facilities that maybe have maximum security prisons that don't get visitors that have to say hello through a piece of glass. So she's looking, you know, at the glass half full. Um in that episode, she also read one of Todd's emails to her, which I thought was very interesting. She talked, or Todd in the email talked a lot about uh, the younger brother, Grayson, and their niece, Chloe, um, saying, I want to give you some grace, you know, fall in love with the real Savannah, the one that I raised that radiates room with our kindness and compassion, not the one the world wants to see. And please tell my Chloe how much I love her and tell Grayson that he's my heart and soul. Because as you know, Savannah has custody, custody now of Grayson and Chloe. When it comes to Julie Chrisley, she says, my mom, she's made friends. She's keeping busy. She's going to church. She's working. She's playing some spades. I'm not going to lie. If I was in prison for whatever reason and Julie Chrisley was my bunkmate, I would make friends with her. They might be 
indicted on criminal charges, but they were like funny people. If you're in prison, you might as well enjoy it. Play some spades, as Savannah has said. I think they'll do another reality show when it's all said and done, just like Anna Delvey, Anna Sorokin. Okay, we're going to do like a pop 3.5 because here's a little mini extra. Do you know Anna Delvey is getting a reality show while she's on house arrest? If you haven't watched Inventing Anna on Netflix yet, feel free to do so. But essentially, Anna Delvey, she's this huge fraudster, scammed banks out of millions of dollars to build this, you know, New York empire. She's a socialite. She went to jail, obviously, because she committed fraud. Now she's out on house arrest with an ankle monitor throwing house parties and cameras are rolling. And you know who is there? Kit Keenan from The Bachelor. I was looking at her all kinds of crazy. I was giving her the side eye. I was thinking who, before I knew that Anna Delvey was getting a reality show, I was like, who would go to these parties at Anna Delvey's house? And she's a convicted, she was convicted of a crime. And then somebody sent me a picture of Kit Keenan and her mother, her mother there. And then I realized that she was getting a reality show and I was like, oh, now it makes sense. People, people want their screen time. No ifs, ands, or buts. My question is, I'm trying to figure out how Anna Delvey has not been deported because she's not American. I can't remember off the top of my head where exactly that she's from. My gut wants to say Russia. I'm not entirely sure. So don't quote me on that. But it's like, meanwhile, my poor fiance, David, has to leave the country. They're watching him like a hawk. If he's here past 87 days, they're like, you, mister, need to be interrogated. I need to know everything about your life. Can you tell that I've been really jaded about the U.S. immigration system here lately? There's a whole other story to that that's been happening here lately, but I can't tell it here. Maybe on Extra Pop. Okay. Today's sponsor is Factor Meals. Finally starting to get warmer. You want to spend your time outside and not in the kitchen. With Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Visit factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. You can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code poptalks50 at factormeals.com slash poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Let's go into the deep dive. And unfortunately, I don't have deep dive audio today because no shade, still love you like a sis, but my person didn't give it back to me in time. So what can you do? But the overwhelming majority wanted the deep dive on Robin and Juan Dixon. What the heck went on with Robin Dixon this week? Long story short, if you've been watching this season of Potomac, you know that there's been allegations about everybody's husband. It was feeling like an Oprah moment, you know, when she's like, you get a car and you get it. It's like, 
you get an affair and you get an affair and you, it's like honestly too much in my opinion. But Robin was at the crux of one of those rumors and she's like, eh, not true, not true. Well, it ended out that Juan actually did have an affair. Some of the details are different. So that's why we're going to get into it now. But fans are pissed because Robin was like, oh, yeah, I'll tell the truth on my Patreon. I'll get there. Let's talk about the details first. So my TikTok friend, Giorgio, says he talks a lot about housewives on his TikTok, was reached out, was reached out to by someone who allegedly dated Juan for over a year. During COVID, this woman DMs Giorgio says, I dated Juan during the end of COVID for over a year. The last time I was there was about 70 weeks ago. He's a player like 70 weeks ago, oddly specific, but I can dig it because attention to detail is important in life. So she mentioned that Robin did know, but asked her not to make it public. So then come the receipts from this woman to Giorgio says she shared a hotel invoice Uh, He looks it up. It is a real hotel in Maryland. Juan Dixon's name is on it. And this woman says the reason that she stopped messing with Juan was because he likes to meet girls and then introduce his friend to those girls and hope that it would lead to them being their next hookup. Okay. And so the reason she stopped seeing Juan was because something of the sorts happened, I believe, in that hotel where she was with Juan, and then she was introduced to a friend that confronted her, and and it scared her off. That's what she says. Now, here's where it gets confusing, because Robin admits that something of the sorts happened. Of course, she has a different version of the story, which we'll get to, but this is also not who Karen has been referring to in this season of Potomac. So while Karen is like, somebody just like me is walking around with Juan, although that may or may not be true, it's not the circumstance that is at hand. So then Robin responds to Giorgio's TikToks on her podcast, Reasonably Shady, which is with Giselle. And she said she already knew about this. She knew about it going into season seven. She thought that someone in the group was going to bring it up because this person had been reaching out to both her and Giselle. And then she says, I'll tell the whole story on Patreon, which if you don't know, Patreon is a paid subscription podcast service. So like, for example, here on MPT, I have this episode that's free to everybody and anybody that wants to listen. But if you want more content, we have the Patreon. We have the pop of batch tier, which is $3 a month. If you like bachelor news, and then we have extra pop, which is $5 a month. If you want more pop culture updates besides once a week, a lot of podcasters do it. A lot of famous people do it for maybe more intimate behind the scenes looks. Um, I have an issue with that when you're on a reality show and that is, you know, the main focus of your job. But then again, we'll get into it. So on her Patreon, she said that Juan never flown this woman out, which is something that the woman alleged um, that she flew herself to Maryland and was actually dating a Ravens player. That girl denied that. She says, then she told Juan that her credit card got stolen. So Juan and his friend go to the hotel and help her with it, which is why you see the name on the invoice. Okay. 
I have a very hard time believing that because I want to remind you, Robin has been very vocal about the fact that Ron and Wobin, Wobin, that could be their, that could be their couple name. I want to remind you that Robin and Juan had a best friend that pretty much milked them dry, right? Scammed them, took all of their money. So putting myself in those shoes and anything is possible, but if I'm Juan Dixon and I was scammed out of tens of thousands of dollars, I'm never giving anybody else my credit card ever, especially not this random woman who came to Maryland. I'm not doing it. Robin like never denies that there was an affair. She was like, you know, Juan was inappropriate with this girl on Instagram. He was being an idiot and bored in the pandemic. And, you know, we had to work through it. So I was like, what? Robin is covering up for Juan cheating on her again, again. That was the reason they got divorced in the first place. Samantha Bush, another podcaster here on her dad said it's given Chloe Kardashian and it is. I cannot disagree, but the other cast members are absolutely not having it. Dr. Wendy Osefa tweeted clown behavior. Karen said, well, you don't say dot, dot, dot. And Candace really went in. And I'm going to read her entire tweet thread because I think she really does hit the nail on the head. She says, wow, a thread. Our boss's favorite clapback when we're playing coy about certain aspects of our life is you're on a reality show about your life. He's talking about Andy Cohen. She says, there's an expectation that doing no harm, we show up to this platform as our authentic selves. And while we, quote, reserve the right to be judicious about what we share, there is a special brand of audacity attached to individuals who will knowingly bury the lead in exchange for damning and salacious lies that stand to cause irreparable harm to innocent people. It tarnishes the integrity of the premise of our show. It tap dances on the intelligence of the viewership that champion our stories and discover their own parallels in our lives. And when it's not that deep, It simply occludes amusement. It's not entertaining. It's not interesting. It's whack. Why be open or genuine or authentic when the least of us can rob our viewers of the truth and continually be rewarded for it? What are we doing? And a better question, what are y'all watching? Candace, you should run for president because the way, like, the way that that shook me to my co- to my core, I felt like like I was in trouble reading that. Like, what did I do? What did I do, Candace? But she, I mean, she absolutely hit the nail on the head. And here's what I have to say. On one hand, let's play devil's advocate. If I were Robin and no one brought this up, this particular woman, no one brought it up on camera, I wouldn't speak about it. You know, people aren't going to openly be like, oh, yeah, by the way, Karen, no, that's not true. But this is this this is if you want to talk about this. However, on the other hand, I think it is incredibly hypocritical of her to go for Candace, go for Karen with pretty much the same allegation, all the while knowing in the back of your hand that your man was out here doing the most. 
But what I have the biggest issue with is that a reality TV star who gets paid big bucks from Bravo to share your life on a reality show is asking people to pay $5 to subscribe to her Patreon to hear the real truth. So what you're telling us is that your essence on the show is a facade. And the real you is on your Patreon page. You know, for all those people that want to hand over $5 to people who are already rich. It's different if you are like on the come up and you're trying to find different ways to support yourself. Y'all already know my journey is like far from over. I still have my full-time job. I have this podcast. I do the Patreon for a little bit of an extra income. When you are a reality TV star and you don't need it, it feels grimy. It feels like you're taking advantage of the people that are invested in you and you're saying, oh, I know I'm on a reality show where I'm supposed to show you my true authentic self. That's not really her. But if you pay me $5, I really will show you what I'm about. And like, if you want to do a Patreon, go for it. But we all saw your reasonably shady live show with 40 people there. Like that Patreon is not paying your bills. Candace is exactly right. It diminishes the integrity of the show. And I really don't see how Bravo can be happy about this at all at all because you're you're robbing the viewers robbie robin robbing robin that's really difficult to say my mind like almost just exploded trying to put those two words together but she's robbing us y'all robin is robbing us straight up and you know the more that i think about it giselle and robin both do they really show anything about their real lives besides coming for other people, whether it's Giselle saying that Chris made her uncomfortable by speaking to her and, and like blinking in her direction, but she's all fine and dandy with Juan cheating on Robin when she was going through depression in the pandemic. Remember, do you remember that season when Juan was like, get out of bed, Robin? And she's like, bro, I'm dealing with depression. Can you like chill out? And then he cheats on her via on Instagram. Like what? And how do you, how do you marry him? So not only is Robin not being truthful on the show or at least putting up a front, I think to say the least on the show, she then doesn't get married on camera. She, every time that Juan Every time a camera is on Juan and they're talking about something, he blows up, right? We're all thinking about the phone conversation they had where he's screaming at Robin last season when he was in the car, or maybe it was even this season. I can't remember. And he like drove away. It's clear that he hates the show. And like, this is obviously why he doesn't want stuff like this out there. So you have to make up your mind because you cannot play both sides of this fence because it is not going to go over well with fans. I I said this on my Instagram page and I believe it. I think this is a fireable offense, at least a demotionable offense. And it's sad because I, I mean, you know, I never, I don't hate any Bravo liberty. Like each one of them brings some sort of entertainment value to my life. Um, but this is just, it just feels icky, doesn't it? It does. 
Okay, I'm going to end it there and say you should subscribe to my Patreon because it's really good. And let me tell you, I also got these mixed tiles for like a Bravo wall that I'm doing in my um, office that's almost done. I'll show you when it is. But like I pulled out the picture of me, Robin, and Giselle today and I was like, man, I should have picked a different picture, you know? I left out Andrea. I left out Raquel. I left out Crystal. Like I could have picked somebody else besides Robin and Giselle. But that's where I am. Okay, to wrap up this week's episode, this is not this is more TikTok drama, which we dabbled in last week with the Tart trip to Dubai, but it's all over everything. Michaela, Mascara Gate, L'Oreal partner, massive social media blowback for in my opinion the most well-known beauty TikToker Michaela. I'm a Michaela fan. I'm just going to say it. It takes a lot for me to follow somebody on TikTok because you know your for you pages is curated for you. So you don't really have to follow people, but I do like Michaela a lot. So I follow her, but like I said, massive, massive social media blowback about this L'Oreal telescopic mascara review. So it was a paid partnership. Um, even though you can't really tell. And I think that is the first issue. So there's this really small font on it that says like, you know, paid partnership with L'Oreal or whatever, but the captions of the video cover it up. So it's not clear right away that it's an ad. And then at the end, you know, she's doing this mascara review and then at the end, poop, there's fake lashes. And she's like, nothing's ever going to be able to compete with this. And everyone's like, Michaela, you put fake eyelashes on. What are you talking about? People have been saying like, well, mascara commercials use fake lashes all the time and nobody says a word. I think where Michaela got in trouble here is that she responded to some comments. People were like, are you wearing fake lashes? And she's like, no, never. In my opinion, I mean, I'm not Inspector Gadget by any stretch of the imagination, but in my opinion, it looks like she's wearing false lashes. You can see the separation and her eyelashes grow by like three millimeters. So. But she doubles down and she's like, no, L'Oreal would never allow me to do that. And then she went silent for a week. She got back on TikTok today and did a makeup video for Valentine's Day. Um, the first five seconds, she's like, you know why I'm here. Like, thing, everyone's thinking she's going to say anything. And she's like, we need to learn how to do hooded eye makeup or cut creases for Valentine's Day. And we're like, huh? We thought you were going to talk about your eyelashes, but she hasn't said anything. L'Oreal hasn't said anything either. I, what's my opinion on this? I don't think it's the end of the world. Like, really, it's not. Do I think it dings her credibility a little bit? Unfortunately, I will say that what most people don't know who have no influencing experience, and I mean, I have very little, but you are at mercy of the brand. Right. So I feel like the brand is more to blame than Michaela because when you submit these brand partnerships, you are subject to reshoots, reviews, feedback. And they very well could have said, Oh, can you add some lashes? And even if they didn't say that, if she submitted this video with the fake lashes, they didn't say reshoot this and don't use fake lashes. You know what I mean? There will be no paid partnership will ever be on somebody's feed without the brand seeing the final video and approving it. So 
either L'Oreal said, put some falsies on, make your eyelashes look better, or they said nothing. She just did it. And they're like, oh, we'll just see if this, whatever. And also, I think that influencing is relatively new, right? And if you have somebody that's never seen a contract before, it can be very, very confusing. And even if you have seen a contract before, it's very, very confusing. You have exclusivity clauses, you have, uh, you know, you have view guarantees, you have non-competes with other brands. And it's like, you know, we have the right to do X, Y, Z, whatever. It's, it's very confusing. And even if you're, I'm going to be honest with you, even when I read my contracts nine times out of 10, I don't understand them. So someone like Michaela, who's very young, she's 24. She doesn't have, you know, a lot of experience. She kind of grew to fame overnight. I think we should cut her a little bit of slack and really blame L'Oreal for putting her in a bad position. And in my opinion, letting her take a hundred percent of the fall when I don't think it's a hundred percent her fault. Obviously she, she shouldn't have lied in the comment section, but I think that is where it ends with Michaela. All right, guys, thank you for tuning into another episode of MPT. My last episode as a 29-year-old woman. I can't wait for you to come next week for the birthday pod. We're going to have so much fun. We're going to have the best guest ever. And I have some more really fun guests lined up in the new future. I really cannot wait. If you haven't given the podcast a review, a rating yet, do so as a birthday present to me, a little five-star rating. I only got one extra review last week. Unacceptable. So drop a love you like a sis in the rating section below. And we'll see you next week for the 30th, the dirty 30. I'm going to call it a birthday party because that's what it's going to be. So I'll see you at my party. Love you like a sis. Media Production.